Amen. Good to see everybody today. Again, if you're watching online, you saw Jeremy say, man, he's had to go out in a new land. Hey guys, even at Church on the Rock, last week we had 88 listeners. And you can easily take that times two because there's several people that have four people watching. Somebody has 12 people watching. So you can easily take that times two and maybe even times three. So God is making a church on the rock even outside of these walls. So we're excited about that and we're excited about that online Zoom call. So you guys that are watching online today, chat, I'm watching online today chat on there I'm watching online today because when you do that it your name comes up and it lets me sleep better as your pastor because I worry about everybody if they're getting disconnected or they're falling through the cracks or or they're feeling isolated or discouraged or everything so when I see you watching online I know that you're at least getting your Sunday bread at the rock how many know that's important the, the scripture even tells us to not forsake the assembling as many people do because in this day and age, how many know that we need to encourage each other? Anybody out there say, I need encouragement? We need to encourage each other. So um, we're continuing on with the prayer series on power through prayer. And you know, I was thinking this week, um, the person that really prevails in prayer the person that really um, walks with authority. Have you ever heard, had somebody tell you something and then you've had somebody tell you something? In other words, somebody kind of said something and you didn't really pay attention, but then somebody said something that you knew they knew what they were talking about and you knew they had the authority to say it. How many of you say you listen in a different way? Anybody out there say amen. That's the key with, with prayer. Prayer isn't so much to, to dotting dot the I's and crossing the T's that I did everything that's in your prayer book. Prayer is understanding who you are and understanding. In this prayer teaching, you're seeing a lot of things that are just theology and understanding. Because my philosophy is if I can get understanding in you of what it means to establish righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost, like we did last week. If you can understand that, then when you go in to establish that in yourself, in your family, in your life, in your home, it has a different authority and it has a different impact. Does everybody see what I'm saying? So understanding and believing is the key. Faith requires us to take what we believe in our head and unite it with our heart so that, our, so that we can live or walk out that faith. This type of faith requires that we not only believe in God, but we also act on God and we trust in God day by day, moment by moment. In the 19th century, there was an amazing uh, rabbi that was a scholar of the, of the Torah. And he said this, the longest distance between two points is the distance between the head and the heart. He said these two levels of faith between what we believe in our mind and what we know in our heart are indeed worlds apart. So him saying that, my goal and my challenge to you is we got to find a way to bridge the head and the heart so that we can have that lifelong service to God. You know, the Apostle Paul even said in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 2, he said, the word preached to you didn't profit anyone because the word preached wasn't mixed with faith or believing. And, and the apostle said, man, the word is, it's, it's, it's on the same grounds or playing field. Everybody's hearing the same message today. 
Some people will grab what they're hearing and understanding and they'll mix it with faith. And when you mix what you're hearing with faith, you walk in a power of prayer that'll be greater than maybe you have in the past. You know, around the mid-1800s, a man named uh, the Great Blodin, he, at- he attempted to cross the Niagara Falls on a tightrope. And uh, this is the mid-1800s. 5,000 people gathered. And in the middle of the walk, he suddenly stopped. And then all of a sudden, he did a backflip up in the air, landed on the rope, caught his balance, and then continued across on the other side. How many of you remember seeing that? <laughs> I thought I was going to get you, Craig. I thought I was going to get you. Uh, but anyway, he, he landed. But, but then he would cross the Niagara Falls many more times. Once he did it blindfolded. Once he was carrying a stove on his back. Once he was in chains and he did it. And another time, listen, this guy rode a bicycle. How many has been to the Niagara Falls? He rode a bicycle across the Niagara Fa- Falls. But one time, one of his last times, he came with a wheelbarrow. And he showed up. And he turned to the crowd and he, and he shouted, how many of you people believe that I can walk this tightrope and I can take this wheelbarrow across safely? And everybody jumped up and said, yes, we believe, yes, we believe. Well, he pointed out one man, Walter. He pointed out one man. And he said, do you believe that I can get this wheelbarrow across this tightrope? And this guy said, yes, I believe. Are you positive, Walter? that I can get this wheelbarrow across the Niagara Falls. He says, I am absolutely confident and positive you can do it. And then Blodine said, all right, jump in the wheelbarrow. Here we go. (laughs) He was like, whoops. But you know, that's the way it is sometimes. There's worlds between our heads and our hearts, and I'm hoping you're making a connection. Anyone can have belief, but how many of us are ready to stake out and to act upon God's word? Amen? Anybody up there say amen. So we're hitting that third part. Give us this day our daily bread. Give us this day our daily bread. And then the script, there's a scripture that says in Matthew 4, 4, it says, Man, you guys have this in your books, man cannot live by bread alone, but by every word which proceeds out of the mouth of God. When you see man can't live by bread alone, that means sustenance, your work, what you provide, the stuff you have in life, the people that are around you, just any, anything, anything outside of God that we're trying to live on and we're trying to sustain ourselves. Well, God said, on give us this day our daily bread. He said, you can't live on bread alone, but you have to live by every word that proceeds out of my mouth. Our greatest need, and I want you to write this down. If you're online, text this in the chat. Our greatest need is for more of God. Our greatest need is for more of God. How many would agree with that? How many say today, I want more of God? So you could say, give us this day our daily bread. You know, Jesus is the word. So when you say, give us this day our daily bread, Jesus said, I am the word. You're really saying, I want more of him. You know, the pursuit pursuit of God is the primary function in our lives. It has to be first and foremost, more of him, God first living. In fact, the scripture says, seek first. Everybody say, seek first. Seek first the kingdom of God, and then all this stuff will be added on you. But what do we do first? We seek first. The Bible says, delight yourself in the Lord, and then he'll give you the desires of your heart. So we need to, in all of our pressing, we need to be pressing into God. You know, John Piper said this, what is your your deepest root of joy? 
What is your deepest root of joy? Is it what God gives you or what God is to you? Is it what God gives you or what God is to you? Our main pursuit needs to be that we have more of him, more of him. God graciously graces us and and that we know that we have this ultimate need for him. Lord, we want more of you, more of your word, more of your presence, more of you in our life today. That's what you're saying. Give us this day our daily bread. Lord, we don't want to be sustained by this world. We want to be sustained by you. So more of him, more of him. In your books it says more of him. When you're praying that, you can say, Lord, I want more of you. And then you can say, Lord, your word is my sustaining bread. How many went through a time of temptation this week? How many went through a time? I woke up and told Carmen I went through a time of temptation through the night last night. I was was being tempted and attacked uh, by the enemy. But when that happens, the Bible says when the tempter came, Jesus said when the tempter came, we're talking about how his word sustains us. In the day of temptation, what can make you not fall? What can sustain you? What can keep you solid in God? It's it's when you say, man can't live by bread alone, but by every word which proceeds out of the mouth of God. The tempter came to Jesus three times in that wilderness time. And all three times, Jesus answered with, it is written. It is written. So in my time of temptation, I always say, well, the word says this. The the tempter will come and say, this is what your situation is. And I'll say, no, the word says this. The word sustains me through temptation. The word takes me through temptation. So that's why we need to ask God for that daily bread. It's a sustaining bread. The Bible says that Jesus is the true bread, that that his bread is light in life. So when I'm praying, Lord, give us this day our daily bread, I'll say, Lord, I thank you that your bread is life. If I'm sensing that, myself or Carmen or my family or the staff if if, how many can sense when somebody's lifeless or when they've they've lost their their mojo or their their, they've lost that get up and go you might say how many know you can sense that when you sense that know that the word of God gives life I can say Lord I pray that I speak life Lord your word is life I speak life to my to my wife you are the bread of life I speak life to my situation. You are the bread of life. So his words are life. His words are also light. Light. The Bible says your word is a lamp or light into my path. So when you're saying give us this day our daily bread, you're making, you're making a withdrawal. You're, you're, you're pulling in the word of God and putting it into your life. Give us this day our daily bread. I always ask for a fresh word from God every day how many how many would like if you're a parent how would you like to know like I see Savannah here Chad and Rachel how would you like to know what's going on in Savannah's life without asking her how would you like to know the right thing to say at the right time in the right season we can do that during this time of give us this day or daily bread I pray and I ask the Lord I say Lord give me a word for today you know we have our bible acts that says today's the word for today is how many look at those what about if you were what if you were able to get a word for today for your struggling teenager what if you were able to get a word for today in your company 
that is not doing real well and they need divine direction and they need an intervention of God? What if you could be praying and you could hear that word of wisdom or that word of knowledge? That's what I do on Give Us This Day Our Daily Bread. As I say, Lord, give me a fresh word. What are you speaking to my life? What are you speaking to my wife's life? What are you speaking in the church's life? You know, when I get, around, get away and I pray about sermon series and stuff, that's what I'm doing. I'm saying, Lord, give us this day our daily bread. Where's church on the rock at? What's, the, what's her pulse? What's her pulse? What's the pulse of our nation? Where are we at yet? And then we get that pulse. That's what you do on give us this day our daily bread. And then you ask God for a word in season. Somebody say a word in season. A word in season. So God can do that. So the word sustains us. It's light. It's life. It, it, it's, a, it's a fresh word today that can give light to direction and for people in our life. I want you to look at whatever page it is in your book that has the Second Peter 1. I want you to find that page. Whatever page in your book has the Second Peter 1, 1 through 8. And, it, and while you're looking for that, if you're new today and you don't have one of these prayer books, get one. Every week, we're going to add another section to the book. That's why you have the, the ring. We're going to add another section every week. And when you get done, you're going to have a whole prayer book. In fact, you guys are going to be the first people to have a book that Carmen, God's laying on Carmen and I's heart to write. So you guys are going to get the first manuscript of how to pray powerful prayers. But look at this. This, first, this second Peter 1, 1 through 8, is so powerful how many, know, how many know that we have what we call awakening at the first of the year? How many has been in an awakening at Church on the Rock? We started in January. This word that I'm getting ready to show you today, we're just going to kind of touch it today. But this word is so powerful that the Lord has said, this is what we're starting January 2021 on, is this scripture right here. But to me, I want you to exercise and to when you're, when you're at that part in your prayer time of give us this day our daily bread, I want you to, to look at this scripture. Because the word nourishes. Everybody say the word nourishes us. The word helps us to grow. How many are trying to grow? How many are trying to grow more intimate with the Lord? Trying to grow more like the Lord Jesus Christ. This scripture is for you. How many have faith in Jesus Christ? This scripture's for you because it's talking about, hey, you've got your faith, now let's add to it. So let's look at this. This is so powerful. Everything we could ever need for life. Think about that. Everything Brian could ever need for life. Everything I could need for complete devotion to God. Look at this. Has already been deposited in us. This isn't something you got to get. Somebody say, I got it. I got it. Because the word says it's already deposited in us by his divine power. For all this was given through us, to us through the rich experience of knowing him. How many have had the rich experience of asking Jesus in your heart and you know him? Lift up your hand. You know him. Okay, this is to you. Who has called you. Look at this. He's calling you by name. And he's invited you to come to him through a glorious manifestation of he's just good and he loves you. Now, as a result of this, look at this. He has given you magnificent promises. Everybody say the word of God. 
Man can't live by bread alone, but by the word. Somebody say, give us this day, our daily bread. See, that's what he, he has given you magnificent promises that are beyond all price so that through the power of these tremendous promises, did that say through you? Did that say through you? And your ability and your or No, it said that through the promises of the Lord, you can experience partnership or oneness with his divine nature. How many is looking to be partnered and be like God in his divine nature? Amen? That's what we're supposed to be doing as disciples of Christ. By which you have. Somebody say, I have. Somebody say, past tense. You have escaped the corrupt desires that are in this world. Some of you are saying, well, wait a minute, I'm a believer. I love the Lord. I'm pursuing the Lord, but I sure haven't escaped the corrupt desires that's in me and in this world. Well, as we see this scripture, we'll see that the word will enlighten you, and you'll see the word begin to work in your life so that you are a participant of his divine nature, and you have escaped the corrupt desires that's in the world. Now look at this. So, devote yourselves. Devote yourselves. Devote yourself. What are you devoted to? Are you devoted to a, a, a TV show on Netflix or really devoted to exercise or really devoted to uh, some game or some gaming deal? What are you devoted to? God says, devote yourself to let's start supplementing our faith with goodness. But look how you'll see how the Word of God can nourish you and make you grow. We're talking about give us this day our daily bread. The Word can, to people that when we pray this, that, that, that what we can do is we can take the Word and every week we can grow. We can up the level of our faith walk. We can up the level of what we want in God, but it's through a daily getting our daily bread. So, we start with we have faith, but look at this. To your general faith, add goodness. Add goodness. You know, if you just tried this week to look up every scripture at Give Us This Day Our Daily Bread on the character goodness of God. Goodness, man, his faithfulness. Man, his kindness. He's good to me when I don't deserve it. He's good. It's unmerited, undeserved. His grace and his love to me. Man, his goodness Man, Moses even said, show me your glory. The Lord said, all right, I'll show you my glory. What did he show Moses? His goodness. When, 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 if, if you want to see the glory of God, it's wrapped up in his goodness. So, so a Christian that's adding to his faith through the word of God, he's starting with faith, but then he's starting to get an understanding, come on, an understanding of the goodness of God towards him. And until you get that understanding of the goodness of God, you're always going to think you're not good, that you don't meet criteria, that, you don't, uh, that, that you're not good enough. But when, but when you add goodness, and to goodness you add understanding. What does this have to do with give us this day our daily bread? You know what I think Christians need? Theology. Theology. I think we need understanding. Why are you saved? What is justification by faith? What is sanctification? What, what, what is the grace of God? See, many of us walk through life and we never add to our general faith. First you add goodness. Life and we never add to our general faith. First you add goodness. 
Then you add understanding. And after understanding, then you add self-control. Who's like, man, I need some self-control big time. I need some self-control with food. I need some self-control with anger. I need some self-control with relationships. Okay? Give us this day our daily bread. Let's find the scriptures. Let's know the scriptures and believe the scriptures and get that bridge between the head and the heart and let's grow in self-control. And then to self-control, let's add patient endurance. And to patient endurance, let's add some godliness or godlikeness. And, and, and to godliness, let's add mercy towards your brothers and sisters. And then he says, towards mercies to other people, listen to this. To me, this is the climax of growth. But I thought, you might as well start. If you're faith here, work on goodness. You may work on goodness to la- clear the rest of the year. After goodness, work on theology, understanding. After understanding, work on some self-control. After self-control, let's work on some godliness. After some godliness, let's work on having mercy towards each other. And then after you work on give us this day, and we're working these things, we're adding to her faith, after you work on you're good to everyone around you, to me the climax is walking in an unending love. I am striving someday to be a person that walks in an unending love. To me, that's the climax of everything. But what I'm trying to do is, when you're praying, give us this day our daily bread, that's the time to get in the word. It's the time to get a fresh word. It's a time to get a sustaining word. It's a time to get light and life in your life. And this last one, it's a time to add to your faith something. Have you added anything to your faith? Have you added anything to your faith? Or did you just become a Christian? Give us this day our daily bread. I love it. It said it's already in you. You've escaped the corruption of this world. His precious promises are right here, and they will change you, and they will make you an intimate follower. And then he says that when you do this, since these virtues are already planted, look at that verse 8, since these virtues are already planted deep within you, possess them, possess them in abundant supply because they will keep you from being inactive or unfruitful in your pursuit of knowing knowing Jesus Christ more intimately. Is that not our pursuit, brothers and sisters? Let's give the Lord a hand. Is that not our pursuit? So in this give us this day, in this give us this day, man, to me, I looked at that and I was like, it's all there. Come and eat. Come and nine, the master calls. Come and get it. Ring the bell. Supper's ready. Come and get it. How do you do that, Brian? Um, In your book, I put down you version. I'm big. I, I wish our church could do this, but I don't have time to get everybody to do it. I wish everybody would take their phone and they'd go to apps and they'd download version. And then after you download version, I wish you'd go in and make your profile. And then I wish you'd encourage all your friends to do it. And I would love it if a seat like this, like I know you guys all know each other right through here. I would love it if you guys said, hey, on version this week, let's do the Bible study the next 10 days on anxiety. And if you invite people in a group and do a Bible study together, you can read that Bible study any time of the day, and then you can make your comments on it 
and you can talk back and forth and have being in the word every day how many say it's hard to get in the word sometimes by yourself do it together i wish today that people would leave out of here saying let's do what pastor said today let's download some things let's get some friends and let's do some eric i heard the report on you man i would get some we're believing the report of the lord i would get some friends around you I'd do a Bible study on healing. I'd say, give me this day my daily bread. And I'd get some people praying for me and supporting me. And I'd be kicking the devil's teeth right down his stinking throat. With people power and word power. Oh, I wish it. And then we have what's called the soap method. The soap method is when you take some scripture and you read it prayerfully. You can look at this. This is how I study. Is I'll take a portion of scripture. I'll read it. And I'll take notice of scriptures that kind of bounce out or, or kind of hit my string. I write it down. And then I focus, O is for observation. I focus on that scripture. I try to tune in and say, what are you trying to say to me through this word? What are you trying to reveal to me? What are you trying to teach me? How are you trying to correct me? And then A I, is for application. This, this, how can this apply to me right now? How can I be encouraged how can I do this how can I apply this and P is I wrap it up by what I've just read and I start thanking him that this scripture is going to be working in my life that I'm getting greater insight I'm getting wisdom and then what I do is I meditate on that all day long sometimes I do it all week so that's a little bit so what are you saying I start my prayer our father which art in heaven hallowed be your name I worship him your kingdom come your will be done on earth as it is heaven I establish his kingdom of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost in myself, my family, my staff, the church, my neighborhood, and our world. Then I say, give us this day our daily bread. And I do what I'm teaching today. Now, we've talked about spiritual bread. I'm going to take the last nine minutes to talk about physical bread. I'm going to talk about sustenance or income, uh, what you earn, money. You know, a lot of people want the blessings of God upon their finances. Here's something that I want you to write down. If you want the blessings of God on your finances, first of all, you can't claim the promises of God when you're violating the principles of God. You, you can't claim, ah, I claim that scripture. You can't claim the promises of God when you're violating principle. Now, I like to start, and we're talking about monetary. We're talking about savings account. We're talking money you make through the week. Because that's a part. Give us this day our daily bread. I always do the spiritual bread first, but then I come to the physical bread. And first, we need understanding. To pray effectively in this part of the Lord's Prayer, we need to have some understanding today. First of all, teach those who are rich. And you'll say, well, I'm not rich. Yes, you are. In the world, in the whole world, guys, there isn't anybody that isn't rich in this. I guarantee you, in this in this setting today, and you that are watching online, by the world standard of things, we are very rich. We have, we have, you may feel like I don't have a lot, but we do. So teach those that are rich not to be proud, not to trust in your money, which is so unreliable. Their trust should be in God, who richly gives us all we need for our enjoyment. How many find all your enjoyment in God and not stuff? Anybody out there? That's what the word says. Tell them to, guys, use your money to do good. 
That's why I'm supposed to tell you. Use your money to do good. Tell them that you tell them this, guys, you should be rich in good works and generous to those in need. Always be willing to share with others. By doing this, you will be storing up treasures, a foundation in heaven that you may experience what true life really is. My wife taught us this one. Here's some more on understanding. To me, before you can start praying in God's provision and God's blessing, we need to have some understanding first. Here's some guidelines, first of all, to everybody. And I just gave you some. Here's some other criteria or guidelines. Glorify God with your wealth. Did that say glorify yourself with your wealth? Glorify God with your wealth. Honor him with your very best. Carmen and I call that God first living. Guys, we do not even pay anything. We pay the tithe first. We honor God with the very first. We don't, well, we don't have a car payment. God, you know what? We're out of debt. You know why we're out of debt? Because we've been honors, honoring God's principles and promises. So now we can, we can do more and give more for the, for the Lord. So, so, but we always start. And the tithe, there's three types of giving. Well, first it says, give God your very best with every increase that comes to you. Notice it says every increase that comes to you. Did anybody get a paycheck this week? That's an increase. Honor God with it. Then, then, everybody say then. Every dimension of your life will overflow with blessing. How many say my life isn't overflowing with blessing? Are you violating principle? You can't claim promise when you're violating principle. See, to me, you have to have an understanding. You can't pray these bold prayers. You can't pray these bold prayers if you don't have an understanding of what's expected of you and what the Word says to you. So we get into that. But when we do that, then every dimension of your life will overflow with blessing from an uncontainable source of inner joy. There's three types of biblical giving, and this is in your book. One, the tithe. Notice I say the tithe. Because it's, you can't say, I'm going to give my tithe. It's not yours. Tithe isn't yours. 10% of your income, it's not yours. So again, there has to be criteria. Forgive us this day or day of the bread. So I always say the tithe. It's not mine. I ask you, what I'm going to do right now is straight scripture. I ask you, is it right for somebody to cheat God? Talk back to me. Is it right? I ask you, is it right for anybody to cheat God? Of course not. Of course not. Yet, you are cheating me. How, you ask, are you cheating me? God said, it's in the matter of your tithe and your offering. A curse is on all of you. How many, do, do you all want the curse or the blessing? I want the blessing of the Lord. The blessing. A, a curse is on you because the whole nation is cheating me. Bring the full amount. I'm going to let you guys work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. But the scripture says bring your full amount of tithe to the temple so that there'll be plenty of food there. Put me to the test, God says, and you will see that I'll open up the windows of heaven. I'll pour out an abundance of all kinds of good things to you. I won't let insects destroy your crops and your grapevines will be loaded. What you can do that is God isn't going to cause anything to take away from you or to take you down. But everything that you put your hands to is going to go amazing. Why? 
because you've honored God and his word. Give us this day our daily bread. Give us this day. So you have the tithe. Then you have the offering. The offering is giving anything above the 10%, anything above the tithe. And some people call that sowing and reaping. I'm a farmer, so I really understand this. But when you take a kernel of corn, when you take one kernel and you put it in the ground, farmers say, we got 90 bushels per acre. In other words, what they did is that seed multiplied to where they said, well, some farmers are like, well, we got 90 bushels back to the acre. Some of them say, we got 110 acres. It varies by the soil. It varies by the water. It varies how they, um, how they fertilized it. It varies with the time they got the seed in the ground. There's a lot of variables, but there's different types of returns. Guys, when you sow offering into missions, like missions would be giving above your tithe. When you sow into offering, man, what you're doing is you're putting a seed to where God can multiply that seed where it comes back to you 60, 80, or 100. Read scriptures of that. So when I'm praying, give us this day, I'll show you how I pray that in a minute. We do the offering. And I ask for the hundredfold. The Bible says, whoever sows sparingly, reaps sparingly. And then you have the extravagant gift as the worship team's coming. The third way of giving the, the, of, of your finances, you that are rich, can I tell you what the word says? We've told you what the word says. The third thing is an extravagant giving. An example of extravagant giving is when, like, Moses wanted to build the temple, and he's like, man, we need to have a whole bunch of money because we need to get this temple. So he got up and told everybody, this is what we want to build. This is what we're going to do. And everybody started bringing extravagant gifts, just extravagant gifts. They started bringing them. In fact, so much came in in building that temple or building, or, or it's when a body comes together and you're trying to do something together and people bring in an extravagant gift. But when that happened, Moses had to stand up and say, man, you guys have given so much, you got to stop giving. We got more than we need. And I believe if everybody does their part, Scripture's clear, it says there'll be more than we need in the house. So, with all that said, I basically went through how I pray, give us this day our daily bread spiritually. Where I say we can't live by bread alone. You guys know I don't need to go through it again. But here's how I pray financially. And everything, I, everything I'm going to do here is scripture and it's in your book. God, I pray for Carmen and I's tithe. I pray for every person that tithes at Church on the Rock. I pray for any person that tithes in our family. I pray for any tithing unit, any family unit that is tithing. According to your word, God of heaven's armies, I, come, I pray that you would come and rebuke the devourer. Anywhere in somebody's life that the enemy is devouring their finances, that, that there seems to be a hole in their pockets. Lord, I pray you'd rebuke the devourer. And Lord, I pray that increase would come. Lord, I pray that Chad at his work, that he would have more clients. Lord, I, Chad a tither Lord I pray he'd have more clients I pray he would have more than enough to, to, to do what he needs to do Lord bless Chad bless the church bless businesses bless family units more than enough and then I'll say Lord everybody that's given tithe offering Lord the seed that Carmen and I sow in missions Lord, the seed that we're sowing in other areas. Lord, I pray that you would return that a hundredfold because Carmen and I want to give more. 
We want to do more for your kingdom. Lord, what we sowed, we pray for 100%. Lord, I pray that every person at Church on the Rock that gives, that gives offering for missionaries, that gives offerings for something or an extravagant gift that we're trying to do something big in our church. Lord, I pray that you would extravagantly bless people. Lord, open up. Lord, you said to test me and see. If I'll not open up heavens and pour out blessings upon you, you can't contain. So if you're a tither, you can hold your arms up and say, Give us this day our daily bread. Lord, I accept all your blessings that you're lavishly pouring out upon me. All the money that I've sown into that work or that church, I feel like I've been, it's been stolen from me. That it hasn't happened. The Word of God says in Proverbs 6.30 that when the thief steals from you, that he has to give it back seven times. Lord, every place that the Lord has stolen from Carmen and I in the tithe or the offering or the extravagant gift, every place that the devil has stolen from our church, Lord, I pray that you would command the devil, that God of heaven's armies would rebuke the devourer and command him to give it back seven times. And then I go in and I say, Lord... A good person leads and leaves an inheritance to his grandchildren. But Lord, you take the wealth of the wicked and you put it in the laps of the righteous. Lord, I pray that you would take the wealth of the wicked and the enemy would, would the, the, the wealth of the wicked would be put in the laps of the righteous so your kingdom can come. Your will can be done. And this church and this thing can extend out in Jesus' name. For you people that have businesses, for you people that feel like God's calling you, every head bowed and eyes closed. If you feel like God has called you to be a giver with boldness, put your hands up in there. You feel like you, you've been blessed and you've, I, I feel like I'm called to be a giver. Put your hands up if you feel I'm called to do that. Listen what you can do. Remember the Lord thy God who gives you power to get wealth. Right now, you can say, Lord, you've called me to be independently wealthy so that I can be a blessing to the nations. If that's your heart, pray that with boldness. Lord, you've called me to be independently wealthy that I could be a blessing to the nations that you have set no limits on Church on the Rock and this ministry. You have set no limits in people's homes and in their family. And Lord, I remember the covenant that you established with me and my fathers and you said that you will give us power to get wealth. Lord, give us that idea. Give us that creativeness. Give us that unction. Give us that draw in Jesus' name. Okay, that's a little bit how I pray. You just stepped in my prayer closet. I, I do that every day. And then, I, and then the next part is forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. I start saying... Thank you, Lord, for forgiving my debt. How many have debt? Well, you can say, forgive us our debt. Because we forgive those who have debt against us. Amen? So, that's how you pray. Give us this day our daily bread. There's a spiritual man apart. And then there's a physical man apart. I hit them both. How many say we're going to try it? Give the Lord a hand clap today. Lord, we praise you. Speaking of spiritual bread, grab your communion cups. I'm so excited today. If you didn't receive one of these, lift your hands up. We have open communion at Church on the Rock. Lift your hands up if you do not have one of these. They'll come by and they'll let you grab one. We, we need some in the front. Ushers, run quickly to the front. Um, grab these things. Marco, 
Let's see a track star. Up and lift your hands all over the place if you don't have one of these. If you're watching, keep your hands up till you receive one. If you're watching online, take a minute and go grab some bread. Go grab some type of a drink symbolizing Christ's blood. Anything you have in your house will work. One time I anointed a guy in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I didn't have any anointing oil. So I got in my pickup truck and opened up my, my uh, toolbox and pulled out some 10W40 Quaker Stoic motor oil. And we just laid hands on it. It's, it's not exactly what it is. It's the symbolism. Anybody out there say amen. When you get this, uh, you can open it up. The first one is the bread. Open it up so you can get them freed up. You got your bread there. Open it up. Pull it out. Don't eat it yet. I know you're hungry. You can eat at home. We're having worship. Just kidding. Then you can open up the other part. Do it slow so you don't get grape juice all over the floor. And Mr. Grice hollers at us. Just kidding. Now, seriously, hold your bread up. We talked about give us. We talked about this bread today. Hold your bread up and say, Lord, your word is life. Your word is light. Your word is healing to my physical body. When I eat this, I'm eating healing to my physical body. Amen. Your word sustains me. If you're in the time of temptation, hold that bread up and say, Lord, thank you. You sustain me. I'm getting through. I'm getting through. If you're in a financial trouble, if you're in a temptation, if you're in the fight of all fights, hold that bread up and say, this is sustaining bread. It's nourishing bread. And what disciples of Christ, I want you to say, Lord, I want to add to my faith this week. Come on, give us this day our daily bread. I want to add to my faith. Now everybody say, thank you for the bread. Does anybody here not feel life? If you don't feel life, stand to your feet. If you don't feel alive today, stand up. If you don't feel alive today, stand up. Wherever you are, stand up. If you don't feel alive, anybody here? Anybody doesn't feel alive today? Anybody want to stand for that? Anybody want to stand at home? Father, I speak life to people that don't feel life. Lord, today when they eat this bread, I pray for passion and fire and desire of the Lord to burst inside of them. Lord, your word is life. Take and eat in Jesus' name. Then we hold up the cup. Everybody hold up the cup. This symbolizes the new covenant. Hey guys, the law has been fulfilled. 613 commandments that we can't do has been fulfilled. Don't try to do grace and the law. It's one or the other. It's what Paul said. You can't mix the drink. Are you grace people? Or are you gonna, is your righteousness by the law? If you're a grace person that says, my righteousness is by faith and faith alone in Jesus Christ, hold your cup up. That's the right answer, by the way. Lord, thank you that you are my righteousness. Thank you for the new covenant. Thank God that this blood symbolizes the blood of Jesus. Thank God right now that it forgives you a past, present, and future sin. Right now, say thank you, Jesus, for forgiving me past, present, and future. In Jesus' name, take and drink. 
Somebody shout it, hallelujah. This should be a celebration. Thank you, Lord. 